It's the most wonderful time of the year because it is all football now, not only college, but the pros are in session. We've got the baseball pennant races. We've got the cup playoffs. It it's, is all going on right now. sports madness. Dare I say sports frenzy? That's right. It is sports frenzy 2.0. He is the King Keystore Dave Heights. He's the maestro Kevin Crane. It is September the 6th, 2023. This will drop tomorrow morning the 7th. And yes, this is the busiest, dare I say, most fun time of the year for us where we have got both levels of professional college football going. We've got the baseball chase for the playoffs. We've got the cup chase for the playoffs going. It's it's just crazy, nutsy, cuckoo, madness, fantasy football. Everything it's, going on all at once. Cats and dogs living together. Frogs flying from the sky. It's a beautiful thing. So we are going to start off with college football. Because for the last time, probably this calendar year, 2023, this will be the last time we do this. Because the NFL takes over, the NFL will be the first segment each and every week. But because we've got a couple weeks of action to discuss in the college ranks, let's start off there. And we have some some big-name teams getting embarrassed. Yeah, not just losing, but losing badly. Yes. We've got number five, LSU, getting crushed by number eight, Florida State, which I did not see coming. Again, no. Brian Kelly, he loves to do this. Yep, loves to have all the hype, the buildup, and then his team isn't prepared. So Florida State beats LSU 45 to 24. Yeah, and it wasn't even that close. So now Florida State jumps all the way up into contention for one of the final four playoff spots. Again, it's way too damn early. Very early. There should be no rankings until you hit week four. But something else that makes you believe that maybe Florida State's going to have a fairly easy path is what happened this past Monday night. Good grief. Duke beats number nine Clemson and beats them badly. 28-7 to in Durham, North Carolina. Yep. Clemson could not get out of their own way. How many times in the red zone did they come away with no points? Fumbles at the goal line. Just ugly. And now you got to start to wonder. You've got to start to wonder about Davo Swinney and where this Clemson program is going because now we're looking at a couple years of a downturn, not just one blip on the radar. But now this is a couple years because, remember, he wanted to blame DJ Ugalalele. Right. Oh, he can't run the offense. That's why we're not doing well. Well, now, now, now you what's your, your excuse? Guy in. Now what's your excuse? For not having your You've got guys Notre Dame on the go. schedule coming up. Again, Florida State might end up being the class of the ACC, and if they can run the table through the ACC before it expands, which we'll get to in a minute, they could easily slip into the Final Four. 
Yeah, they haven't. Outside shot. Now, nobody expected a lot from Baylor this year. They weren't really ranked going in, but they have been able to resuscitate that program since Matt Rule took it over. Right. Baylor usually plays well. They're competitive. Except they get beat by Texas State of all teams. That's not a good look. And then, of course, I'll admit I watched about a half of this. And it's a record-setting or near-record-setting broadcast for Fox. I believe they said the second-highest-ranked noon kickoff game ever for Fox, where Colorado beat number 17 TCU 45-42. to Of course, the debut for Coach Prime Time. Yeah. <sighs> Watching highlights of that one. TCU kind of beat themselves. Well, number one, their they defense sucks. Their defense, they couldn't tackle to save their lives. They were not – they did not play. And their their linebacker, their captain, who transferred in from the Navy, took all the blame for the, te- for the team t- should be taking the blame, not the coaches. He said, our defensive coordinator had us practice – he told us what Colorado was going to do. They did what he had us prepared to defend. We failed to execute. And so, as you mentioned so astutely earlier, early season polls are a joke. Yes. So now all of a sudden, Duke jumps into the top 25. Colorado jumps into the top 25. Overreaction. Which you I, get I, into college And ranks. I probably should save this for the professional ranks in segment two. But I'm already hearing that once Mike McCarthy steps down, whenever that is for the Dallas Cowboys, Deion Sanders will get the job. Oh, God. Because that's how much what? Jerry Jones loves him. And now this is not going to dissuade oh, no. Jerry Jones not at all. At all. I'm sorry. This this is an overreact. This is an overreaction of an overreaction. Yeah, that's what you get in sports. That's what makes sports so much fun and frustrating at the same time. All right, as I alluded to earlier, the ACC now going back and forth has officially got the vote they needed, the swing vote. So they are going to add California, SMU, and Stanford next season, 24-25 season. So that officially destroys the Pac-12. Yep, gone, bye-bye. Those few teams hanging out there, I'm telling you, the Mountain West needs to poach them right now. Yeah, they do. The Mountain Mountain West West has got some pretty decent teams there. And again, I keep keep talking about how San Diego State made that smart decision at the last minute, said, nope, we're going to stay in the Mountain West, not join the Pac-12. And now, now the Pac-12 needs to be proactive, bring in those stragglers left from the ashes, the ruins of the Pac-12, and make themselves maybe not one of the top four, but that 5A, you know, right there. right there. Bubbling under the surface. Now, what's the Big 12 going to think? Could they merge with the Mountain West? and become the Western Super Conference. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's headed. Something something even more destructive 
to college football is coming. You know But it. the thing is, the SEC doesn't have to do anything. They're the ones that are safe and secure with their TV contract, yeah. with the level of competition they've got. Now, the ACC, strengthen, they strengthen themselves a little bit here, but still not in any not way, shape, or form stable like the SEC or the Big Ten. Yeah. And, and again, kudos, as you mentioned, to the Big 12 because they looked a couple years ago like they were on shaky ground, and now they've stabilized themselves. But this is just – this is one of those situations where we need leadership. We need somebody to come in and say, this is what we're going to do for the next 30 years. Like it or not, this is the way it's going to be. Not this team's moving here next year, and this team's moving there in two years. No, it, no, no. You guys need to pull your heads out of your asses and stop thinking greedy. But again – since the NCAA has no power here. Nope, none whatsoever. I like your idea. I like, let's get the Mountain West. Let's get the Big 12. Don't, again, you need authority. You need power. Tell USC, tell UCLA, you can't move to the Big 10. Geographically, it's, it's stupid and it makes no sense. Yes. Geogra geography has got to come into play for all of this. The travel is insane it's it's ridiculous absolutely. to be going cross country absolutely absolutely but again whereas in a professional league where you have oversight where you have a commissioner where you have owners who vote on issues like this expansion uh selling teams moving from one market to another they will vote on it they will do the best for their pocketbooks for their self-interest I don't even know in college football anymore whose self-interest matters the most. Is yeah, it the I, players now with the NIL deals? Is it the the broadcast outlets with their huge contracts? And we'll get to ESPN in a little bit because yep. we've got big news on them and how we could be seeing the landscape of sports on television and streaming changing forever before our eyes. Completely decimating everything that we know. Yep. Now, locally, Notre Dame moves up to number 10 in the AP poll as they beat Tennessee State 56-3. I'm going to say something controversial. No, not from you. I know. I know. I usually keep my mouth shut, and I don't like to say anything that would upset or piss off anybody because that's not the kind of guy I am. <laughs> Why the hell are we making such a big deal about the quote-unquote historic matchup with Notre Dame and Tennessee State because they are an HBCU? Last time I checked, there are a lot of other schools, including the Miami Hurricanes, who have been playing HBCU schools for years and years and years. But now, now Notre Dame plays Tennessee State. Oh, my God. Let's let the the, the chimes and the, the bells and the horns and the whistles. It's absolutely ridiculous that you have to make a big deal out of it. And the worst Their part of it is. teams are playing each other. That's it. It doesn't matter who they are. And the worst part of it is. If this was anybody else, if this was Alabama doing this or Georgia 
You know what everybody, including Notre Dame fans, are going to say? Oh, look, they scheduled a the cupcake. cupcake. They scheduled a cupcake. And that's what I said. Notre Dame scheduled a cupcake. Oh, no, no, Dave. It's a historic No, they matchup. scheduled a cupcake. No, it's a historic matchup with an HBCU. They Dave. scheduled a cupcake like they've said everybody else does for decades. This is why I can't stand Notre Dame. The sanctimonious Dave. pomp and the circumstance spin, of it all sucks. The spin that gets put on everything they do. It's just pathetic. It makes me sick to my stomach. And now we'll see. Maybe we'll see how good they really are in a noon matchup coming this Saturday against North Carolina State. We don't have it on our pick list this week, but it's a point spread that was under 10, so I flirted with it. Yeah. We... Who knows what NC State is going to be this year? I know. They're very hard to predict. And in the end, I figured the point spread's a little bit of a mirage. Notre Dame should win this game by at least two, two, three touchdowns. Should. Should. We'll see if they have their typical letdown. Right. Because, what, they've beat Navy, they beat Tennessee State. Not exactly top-level competition. No. But... For once, they post back-to-back blowouts. Yes. Something they historically do not do. You're right, because we've talked about this in the past. They tend to play down or up to the level of the competition. They will play well against a highly ranked team, but they will also play down. They will suck. Like last year with Marshall and Stanford. Yep. So we'll see if maybe... There's a change in attitude. I don't know. But one thing I was impressed with, they didn't take their foot off the gas. They used game situation to practice. End of the first half, they ran their two-minute drill and under a minute drove down the field. All right, now. And then the second half, they got good playing time for their second-string quarterback and their third-string quarterback. That's what I was going to bring up. And I don't know if you noticed this. Now, I know somebody who went to the game, watched it live, and was very disappointed with the reaction of the fans. They said that the fans booed the second string. They basically wanted the first string in to just destroy Tennessee State. No, that's not what you do in games like this. But I'm just telling you, this is what I heard. Yeah, I'm not surprised. The person I talked to did not like it either. No. You're, the game was in hand. You need to get your second string and, in some cases, third string players experience. When injuries happen and the next man up mentality has to kick in, now they have game experience. They've seen some success on the field and know that they can play at that level. I, well, you know, I agree completely. You know, it's stupid to burn out your starters. Yeah, not give why your, risk a stupid injury? And then what happens, what happens down the road if your starter gets injured and you got to put in a kid from the second string who's had no real game time? Right. That's what you're trying to do. And that's what Freeman did beautifully in the second half. He was getting everybody a chance to get in there. Right. Because why would you want a freak injury to Hartman? In meaningless game Exactly, time. exactly. No, I agree completely. I'm just saying. Yeah. This is what I heard. Yeah, well, you have the idiot fans who just are idiots. So there you go. 
Of course, the Miami Hurricanes in a downpour actually played a somewhat legitimate opponent, the Battle of Miami. See, we're going to talk we're going to talk about trash talking here throughout this episode. And here's what I'm going to tell Miami of Ohio. Don't <laughs> tell everybody you're the better Miami. Cuz guess what happens? 38 to 3, the Hurricanes of Miami take care of business and I am offended. I am offended that no love for the Hurricanes after this win. This is not necessarily a cupcake. This is a no. mid-level conference opponent. Miami's usually up they've there in a, the MAC rankings. Got a, they've got a cupcake coming up. Bethune Cookman, who they play every year, it's their tradition. Yeah. Oh, is that an HBCU? Oh, I don't mm, know. Maybe it is. Could be. But of course, we'll get to the big game later on when we do our picks. The big game that will define not one, not the Miami Hurricanes only, but the Texas A&M program under Jimbo Fisher. Yep, with his controversial Bobby Petrino hire. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how the panel goes. (coughs) That'll be coming up, up in segment two, along with our NFL preview and our NFL headlines. But now we've got some time left. So let's cover Major League Baseball. Uh. I know. (laughs) I'm excited and Dave's not. (laughs) That should tell you all you need to know. I haven't been excited since the end of April. (laughs) (laughs) Holy moly, dude. We're going to have to do something about that. Get you to watch a a little bit of porn or something. (laughs) Baseball has been a disaster since April. Pretty much the first couple weeks of the season showed me what the White Sox were and continue to be. Well, now I hate to say it, but this is how I would be looking at it if the shoe was on the other foot. You want to tell the kids the record right now and where the White Sox stand first? Oh, you mean after dropping their fifth straight and starting to be swept by the Royals this week? And abject misery as they sit still in fourth at 53 and 86 19 and a half back nine games ahead of the royals that i don't think you gotta worry about that but the thing i worry (laughs) about is the hundred loss season that would be what we're gonna hit both we could have both boy you are being even more negative than i could possibly be this, this team situation. has given up. They got nothing. I don't think they're going to fall back to the Royals. I don't think it's that bad. 100 losses is possible. But I think the Royals Don't discount will... it. Well, on the flip side, guardedly optimistic as the Cubs continue to play great baseball ever since the All-Star break. The Cubs are 76 and 64, coming off a sweep today over the San Francisco Giants. Huge statement series. Yep, now they got four coming up against the Diamondbacks who have to travel. As Dave loves to point out, that travel, Usually Diamondbacks traveling from Arizona 
to Chicago for a four-game series. Usually by game two, three, they're acclimated a little better. That's fine, because by the time we get to games two and three, then we'll have Steele and Hendricks pitching. So I'm all fine with that. I'm all good with that. Tomorrow they're going to be tired. You mean your your Cy Young contending Steele? Yeah, I'm worried about Strider, though. For once, I don't want one of my tiebreaker picks to come through because I picked Spencer Strider of the Braves to win the Cy Young (laughs) at the beginning of the season, and he's still, I think, the front runner. Ish. But boy, Steele is just coming pitching. on. I mean, lights out, lights out. Two and a half ERA. Yeah. Now he's hitting double digit strikeouts every what, start. He's, Sixteen what, a and three. Run lower on the ERA than Strider. I don't know if he's a run lower, and Strider's pretty, got a lot more strikeouts. He's got more strikeouts. I think I heard Wins Strider's pretty close. ERA is higher. Right. It is. I don't know if it's a run higher, but it's pretty close. It's going to come down to the last couple weeks. It is. Are the Braves going to try to to rest Strider, take him out, or are they going to let him just blow it right out through the end to get the the Cy Young? Because you know the Cubs are going to let Steele go all the way through. Oh, yeah. I don't care. He pitched most of last year, so arm fatigue shouldn't be a problem. Shouldn't be, but there's still enough that they have got to play through to make sure they get at least one of the wild cards. And now, now with the sweep of the Giants, they are in second place now, only one and a half games behind the Brewers to win the division. Yeah. That's why I'm saying they got to keep it rolling here with a, a tired Diamondbacks team tomorrow. And I, I know they're not going to have one of their best pitchers going. I'm not sure if it's Assad or Tyone. Those two are going in the next two in some order. Yeah. Assad, I trust. Tyone, Tyone has is, been a disaster. He had one good month. Yeah. He has been an abject disaster but yeah. over the last, what, half dozen? Yeah. Dozen starts. Yeah. Half dozen starts, he has been awful. Yeah. He's letting up at least five runs every time out. And so they've got to outscore the t- the other team, which they've been able to do. Suzuki's on fire right now. Bellinger's still playing well. Morel is crushing it. Yeah. I mean, they are clicking on all cylinders right now. Luckily, they've been able to give Alzale a little bit of rest as a closer because he was starting to show some cracks because they overused him Yeah, in close games a couple weeks ago. So... I'm still a guardedly optimistic. Again, the chemistry hey, is there. At least you've there. got something to get excited about on the baseball side. If they win the division, I will be very, very excited for the postseason. Very excited. If they come in as a wild card, depending on the win, matchup they get. Just get in. I know, but... Yeah, Think depends. about where they all were. De- I don't want to play the Braves until the NLCS. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I want to avoid the Braves until as the last possible, possible minute. I, I'm fine with playing the Dodgers and anybody else, but I want to avoid the Braves because you and I both picked them yeah. to win the whole thing. You know, And it's looking like our predictions are, are really spot on because now the Astros are starting to pick up the pace. Yep, they've taken back over first place in their division. How about the Rangers? The Rangers are now out of the playoffs all of a sudden. Yeah. A month ago, we thought they were a lock. Yeah, and now they've hit a bad skid, and they're just – they need to right that ship. Yeah, because right now, last time I checked, 
Tampa Bay, of course, still the number one wild card. And then I believe Seattle and Toronto are the other two. Yeah. Now, the Rangers aren't that far out where a four or five game win streak is going to jump them right, right back only into it. Two out of right out of the division. But boy, league, I did but... not expect this with a Bruce Bochy managed team. No. Did not expect this at all. But that's that's where a good manager like him will be able to get that ship righted, and better now at this point to have it and then get back on the upswing heading into the playoffs. No, I agree, but they've got to get they it. They need to turn And, of it. course, they got through it, but, boy, could they have used Jacob deGrom, Mr. China Doll. Yeah. And, obviously, bringing in Max Scherzer has not helped. No. Because that team, that that team is like a boat taking on water right now. And again, I have faith in Bochi. I do, I do have faith that he can at least get him in. But the Astros are the class of that division, and Seattle, it seems like the Scott Service, he just lets that team idle in the first half. This is the pattern we've seen yeah. from this team in the last couple of years. Just, and the second half, just, they blast off. Yeah, they just all right. Let's just get everybody loosened up. Let's just yeah. find our Play way. 500, just maybe a little through. under. Just just get into the heat of summer. Let everybody f- get a feel for how they're going to play and let the team gel. And then, all right, now let's go. Yep. Yep. And I still don't know what to make of the Orioles. with that. I mean, they're going to win 100 games this year, but they are so young. The, those players are not battle-tested. Whereas a team like Houston, even Tampa Bay, they've got some these veterans guys have there who've been, been there through before. it. Even though Tampa Bay is going through the whole Wander Franco thing right now and losing McClanahan, they're treading water, which is all they need to do right now. Just get in and let their metrics. And no, the Yankees are not going to fucking make the playoffs. No, no, they stop are it, not. New York fans. Just don't. I mean, even. Jesus, God, get off the crack pipe. Between that and the Jets, oh my God, Jets are the greatest team, and we'll get to that in the dumbass segment. We're going to save that. The comment of stupidity of all time could be the dumbass comment of all time coming out of Jets camp, but you got to wait for that till segment three. Wait for it. This is going to be an epic meltdown. Yeah, we're not putting him on the plane of doom for this. It's one statement, but it will definitely it has be ramifications. Con- it will definitely be in contention for the dumbass statement of all time. All right, couple headlines to wrap up baseball. Boy, you, Lucas Giolito, you got to feel a little bit for him. <laughs> was pitching not so great for the White Sox. Was doing better. Was at least consistent. With the gets, Angels. Gets traded to the Angels right. and did not fare overly well out there. Then gets traded again. Well, or actually, he was put on waivers and claimed. and claimed by the Guardians and just got his ass lit up in his debut. Yep. It's, it's been a pattern. 
couple years ago, he looked like he was going to be the ace. It's kind of like the same pattern you see with Dylan Cease now. Yeah, Cease was the Cy Young candidate last year, and this year he's regressed abysmally. It's – I don't know what the hell is going on. That organization is pathetically run. Well, like you said, it would have been nice if somebody had said, let's blow it all up. Now, on a personal note, sad to see it, but uh, even though it involves the New York Yankees, Anthony Rizzo officially shut down for the year after that collision months and months ago yeah. where they let him keep playing, suffering from post-concussion syndrome. So my man, Anthony Rizzo, done for the year. And then, of course, another dumbass domestic violence issue in Major League Baseball, this time involving Dodgers pitcher Julio Urias. Second domestic violence arrest for this asshat. And you kids should know by now how we feel about domestic violence. There's no place for it. So the guy right, should be out of baseball for this one. So as of now, rightfully so, placed on the restricted list. Just say, buh bye Yep. And this guy was looking to cash in. He yeah. was going to be one of the most sought-after free agents on the market. And he just pissed it away. Yep. So there you go, kids. As I've always said, keep your nose clean. Do not screw up. You want to you wanna get a foul of the law? Do it after you retire from sports, after you've made 40, 50, 70, 100, 200 million dollars. All right. NFL coming up in segment two after this quick break. Greetings, sports fans. Listen to the screaming geniuses of Sports Frenzy 2.0 every Thursday as they bring you the thrill of victory and the agony of stupidity on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. And check out the Facebook page, Sports Frenzy 2.0. All right, segment two, talking football again on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Amazon, Audible, and iHeart Sports Frenzy 2.0, baby. That would be iHeart Radio. <laughs> Whatever. But Dave is hearkening back to our old classic Sports Frenzy days. Yep, back when we modeled after SNL and we ended our skits with Sports Frenzy, baby. So, of course, he's the Conquistador Dave Height. He's the maestro Kevin Crane. We're here September 6, 2023. This will drop, as always, on a Thursday, this time the 7th. So it so. is time to give you our predictions for this NFL season, the 2023-2024 season. And don't worry, don't fret. Those of you out there who listened to segment one where we talked about college football, we have not forgotten our picks. We're going to do all our picks at the end of this segment once so, we wrap up with our little overview it's, it's of the season. all good. We're rolling it together. Yep. So, the headlines leading into season one of the NFL, of course. Oh, September, my knee! I am hearing so many different 
viewpoints on that, by the way. Of course, Dave's referring to Travis Kelsey, the most valuable by far tight end in the league. Yep, hyperextended his knee in practice. Questionable for the game against the Lions. I heard today now it's a bone bruise. With the swelling, yeah, they're saying no structural damage. I'll be interested to see if he plays. Yeah. I would play it very cautious. I would not play him against the Lions. And this is somebody who has Travis Kelsey in the sports frenzy fantasy football league. And I would say, as a coach, I wouldn't play him. More so because I don't want to have to sit there and sweat it out to the last minute. (laughs) I drafted a good backup for this exact reason. Right. So just let me put my backup in. I don't want to stress out about this. I don't want Travis Kelsey to go out there and play three downs and go out for the season. Yeah. So let's just let him rest. Let the swelling in the knee go down. Take it easy. Don't overreact. Now, we have another significant injury involving a first-round fantasy football pick. Cooper Cup. Little Cooper Cup. Yep. His hamstring will not allow him to play week one versus Seattle. Nope. So his health and durability is now starting to come into question. Yeah, I'm waiting for the news on Christian McCaffrey. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Those two. Those two just can't stay healthy. No, not at all. So Now, in terms of guys getting pizzayed. Got a couple, couple big contracts. Nick Maybe tra- Bosa breaking the freaking bank. And that just broke today as we tape. Nick yep. Bosa gets a five-year, $170 million contract extension from the 49ers. Whew, that a lot of money. 122.5 guaranteed. The $34 million average annual salary tops Aaron Donald, and he is now the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL. And you know who he has to thank for that? That would be one Brock Purdy. Because Brock Purdy's getting paid nothing. Yep. He's getting paid that that Mr. Irrelevant money on a rookie deal. Gets nothing. Freeing up all this space to pay everybody else. Right. And I guarantee... Once Brock Purdy, if he continues to play well, which could go either way, could go either way, but we're a couple years down the road from that, but once it gets to the point where you're going to have to consider playing, paying Brock Purdy, you know who's going to be expendable? One Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Because his big money contract will come off the books. So, And you're not going to pay Mr. Injury China Doll beyond this one. Right. So the San Francisco 49ers, very fortuitous, and they don't have to worry about paying Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes-type money to their quarterback so they can afford to give this money to Nick Bosa. Yep. That Well, trading Trey Lance away freed up a little bit. A little helped, bit helped there, a little too. Bit. That helped, helped a little. A little. Bit. Yep. And then, of course, on the tight end front, maybe this is why Travis Kelsey – Felt a little weak in the knees. (laughs) (laughs) TJ Hawkinson, now of the Minnesota Vikings, got a four-year, 
$66 million plus extension with Minnesota, making him the highest paid tight end in the league. Okay. I, I look at I look at Travis Kelsey, I look at Mark Andrews, and then everybody else. Yeah, there's nobody else deserves what those two get. Right. Now we'll see. Maybe, maybe now with Adam Thielen gone from Minnesota. Hawkinson will be the feature. is the number two behind Justin Jefferson. We'll have to wait and see. Yep. So there are your headlines. There's your, your news of the week. Some injury news, some salary news. Now it is time to discuss the upcoming season. Again, starting September the 7th with the Lions visiting Arrowhead Stadium playing the Kansas City Chiefs. We will get to that pick in a few minutes, but first... We need our tiebreakers, our predictions for the year. Yes, and of course, Dave and I, as we go along, will elaborate on some other teams that maybe aren't featured in our panel's tiebreakers. Of course, our tiebreakers are really our season predictions. So, right. Dave and I, very, very similar, as is always the case, <coughs> because great minds always think alike. So a couple, couple minor of little differences. things, minor differences, not nothing major, and I think we'll probably in our discussions figure we waffled and could have gone either way. Right. So let's start off with the AFC. So you and I agree it is time for the Cincinnati Bengals to step up. Yes, this is their year to step up and make the AFC championship. Uh, you have them playing the Bills and beating them. I have them beating the Chiefs. Um, I have Joe Burrow actually winning the MVP. God help me, please stay healthy, Joe. <laughs> um, I I know we talked about off mic the fact that the Jaguars could come into play here. There's then we talked. They're still a year away yeah. from being able to really yeah, compete. I think they need. They're going to get another playoff win possibly maybe stumble <clears throat> at that point. Yeah. They need the experience. Right. And I think one more year, they will be good to go. Yep. One more year under Peterson. Um, I do not believe in the Jets. No, when not they, at all. I'm tired of the hype. I am tired of it. I think they're going to figure out real quick Monday night that they're not the be-all, end-all that everybody thinks they are. I have heard a couple people, There's, actually some saner voices say, this is very similar to last year's Denver Broncos team. Where there were the expectations that were not met. Yes, where you had Russell Wilson come in, you know, Super Bowl winning, Hall of Fame caliber quarterback come in, failed miserably because the coaching staff is not all up, that up to par, ready for this type of moment this type of pressure. Now in the NFC, you and I, again, exactly, exactly, exactly the same. Both taking the Eagles, playing the 49ers with the Eagles winning. And I, as my MVP, have Jalen Hurts. Which is not a bad call at all. Not a bad call at all. I think the Eagles looked so impressive last year against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It's only natural to expect them to take the next step in their progression. Right. They're young enough. They're deep. I think they can sustain injuries 
Yeah, they can. I think the Eagles are primed. Boy, an Eagles Bengals Super Bowl will, will be, be awesome. monumental. Awesome. That would be a hell of a game. Yep. All right. Before we get to our Super Bowl winner, let's recap our other four panelists that we have in at this point. So the big blue W for his AFC has the Chiefs playing the Bills with the Chiefs winning. And his MVP is Mr. Mahomes. The NFC side, the Niners playing the Vikings. And he has the Vikings winning. Okay. He loves Kirk Cousins, some kissing cousins. I guess so. All right. Nick, more Patrick Mahomes love for the MVP. Yep. He's got the Bengals and the Chiefs with the Chiefs winning. He's got the 49ers and the Eagles, but the 49ers winning, and he's got the Niners winning the whole thing. Yep. And then you and I have the Eagles winning it all. And then Bill had the Chiefs. Yep. Yep. So with Doug, he's got the Bengals and the Ravens playing Doug, in the AFC. He has a love affair with the Ravens. He does, and he has the Ravens winning. And of course, with the Ravens winning, he's got Mr. Lamar Jackson as his MVP. And he drafts Lamar Jackson in his fantasy league in Sports Frenzy every year. Yes, yes, he does. On the NFC side, he has the Eagles playing the Rams. Yeah, that's a questionable pick. Yeah, with the Eagles winning, and then he has the Eagles beating the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. And finally, Aaron, again, more Patrick Mahomes love. He's got Mahomes winning the MVP. He's got the Chiefs and the Jets. Don't be bought the Kool-Aid. Aaron's drinking the Kool-Aid, but he does have the Chiefs winning the AFC over the Jets. Eagles over the Lions in the NFC. Okay. And then he has a rematch in the Super Bowl, but he has the Eagles beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. There you go. So and now we have the elder statesman and Mrs. C. They have not hit the deadline yet, so they're all good. Yep. So if you want to see all these picks, check out the Facebook page this weekend. We will have all eight of our panelists' season predictions as well as week two NCAA picks and week one NFL picks, which we'll get to in a second. But before Dave and I get into that, let's talk about other observations for the season. Number one, obviously, <clears throat> it's plain to see that the NFC is not nearly as strong as the AFC. No, no. There's there's a huge disparity in the competition level. Now, I think you and I personally, based on our predictions – I think it's the Eagles, the Niners, and everybody else. I don't personally believe we talk about the Jaguars needing a little more time to gel, maybe another year with Peterson, with Lawrence. Are you really expecting Brock Purdy to win the Super Bowl this year? Not necessarily. I think he needs no. another year. I think he needs a full year under center. Yeah. But that defense will carry them. If McCaffrey can stay healthy, they are definitely – the second they best could team be there, yeah. in the NFC. And beyond that, the rest I think it's a joke. I think it's pathetic. a joke. I do. I do. Now, I think the Saints will dominate 
the NFC South just because it's a trash division. Well, yeah, that they they will win it by default. Just like the Jaguars will dominate the AFC South for the same reason. Uh, the outside of the Eagles, the East is going to be interesting because are the Giants <sighs> going to have another good year? Are the Cowboys going to step up? Are they up? finally going to arrive? Are the Commanders going to be good with new ownership? That could be a floundering hot mess but of mediocrity. But we'll save the rest of our commentary once we go through our picks. Right. So let's 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 do the pro picks first and then we'll hit college. Sounds keep good. Keep the flow let's going. Let's keep the flow. Starting off Thursday night, you're listening to this in the morning. This is your preview for tonight. Lions at the Chiefs to kick it off. No surprise. Chiefs across the board for the six of us right now. Yeah, we haven't heard from the elder statesman or Mrs. C yet, so I could see I could see I them could see voting with their hearts. Going, yeah. Voting with their hearts. But yes, the sane people on the panel all take <laughs> the Chiefs. Moving on to Sunday, September the 10th, we will be recovering. After a long night with the Smashing Pumpkins and Rival Sons, but I will set my alarm to make sure I get up for the 1 o'clock kickoff. Two teams not expected to do much, but you have the upstart number one quarterback pick in Bryce Young for the Panthers. Visiting the Artie Party is Desmond Ritter getting better at quarterback for the Falcons. I think the thing is, even though Frank Reich is a good head coach, he needs time to get that Panthers team to gel. That Panthers team, yeah, they, they, there's a lot going on there that has to be rebuilt. Yep, and now with the Falcons, again, Desmond Ritter gets more playing time after a few starts last year. Yep. The the stud running back now, Bijan Robinson, comes in. Does Drake London take a step up? In his second year as a receiver, yeah, I am it's, not expecting some, gangbusters out of the Falcons, but I expect them to win this game. Yeah, they're at home opening it up. Yeah, Falcons. Everybody's got the, the Falcons board. for the six of us so far. Bengals at the Browns. This could be a tight this, game. This the, is going the, to be interesting. It all hinges how healthy is Burrow. Supposedly good to go. Supposedly, Supposedly good, to go. good to go, and will he get any protection in the first game? Right. That's always the question with that Bengals offensive line. How it's many hits is he going to take? Something that bothers me with both him and with T. Higgins, no new contracts yet for either one of them. Right. Everybody else getting paid. We just talked about Bosa. We talked about Hawkinson. Of course, Justin Herbert got paid a little while back. Burrow. It's crickets. Boy, that could be a really dangerous road for the Bengals to go down. It could be. And they are notoriously cheap. Yes, they are. But do you trust Deshaun Watson? Oh, but he's not the same guy he was in Houston. I don't trust him. I I don't either. I would shut down Nick Chubb and make Watson beat them. If I'm the Bengals, I shut Nick Chubb down. This could be the swan song for Kevin Stefanski as head coach of the Browns if they don't make the playoffs. 
yep, we'll see how it goes. But no love for the Browns from our panel at this point. Bengals across the board. Moving on next, Titans at the Saints. Well, I've already made my thoughts known. The Saints are going to have a cakewalk in Run their division. Away. In their division. But now the Titans are always interesting because they're a well-coached team. But I they look do at this have team a good coach, the but they same don't old, have, same old. They didn't do anything to get better. They give they the ball to improve. Derrick Henry. That's all they do. They hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. Old Bears offense. What was the old Bears offense? Peyton right, Peyton left up the middle, and Parsons punt. That's the same thing you're seeing with the Titans right now. Do you really think Ryan Tannehill at this point is going to all of a sudden figure it out? No. And bringing in DeAndre Hopkins does not improve that receiving core at all. I think the Saints will have a little bit of a jump, a little bit of a charge with – Carr now at quarterback. Yeah, there's some Chris Olave second year. He's going to get better. Michael Thomas, if he stays healthy, Kamara will be back after four games. But you've got Williams, who they brought in from the Lions, the stopgap at running back. They're going to be fine there. I think Saints win. Saints for you, me, the big blue W, and Aaron, the Titans for Nick and Doug. Here we go. Come to the islands with Kevin. Come to the island because I've got two, two island picks coming up, baby. Including one that's going to piss off everybody. First up, the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the San Francisco 49ers. I have heard nothing but positive vibes out of Steelers camp. Kenny Pickett is making that next step in his progression. You stole Pickens from me. I did. In the fantasy draft. I think Pickens and Pickett have got the some PP chemistry. The PP connection. Oh, David. Did we really need to go there? <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. That's for the LGBTQ community out there. <laughs> the PP. The PP connection. But you still got Deontay Johnson. You've got Najee Harris. You've got Jalen Warren. You've got depth in the backfield. At home. I think Brock Purdy gets a rude awakening. One of the few times the 49ers <laughs> lose this year, the Pittsburgh Steelers win week one against the Niners. And it's the Niners for the rest of us, based on that defense. But I'm not done yet! But wait, the Packers going into Soldier Field. I think the Packers still own the Bears. <laughs> I have no. I had a dream, Dave. You, I had a dream. No, I am not no, mocking is Martin it a Luther nightmare? King. More like a nightmare. I seriously, I seriously had a dream about the Bears. That Jordan Love was going to light them up no, like Aaron no, Rodgers. No, I had a dream. Out. I know it had nothing to do with the Packers per se, but it had to do with the fact that Matt Eberflus is an idiot, and that this team is just not. They're smoke and mirrors. They're not going to be this good. Why does everybody think the Bears going to take a huge step forward? What is Eberflus doing to instill confidence in anybody? Nothing. This is me picking the Bears for this one. The defense doesn't look any good. The offensive line's dinged up. It's We'll see what Love does on the I'm road. I'm not saying Jordan Love is the next great coming. It's not the, the Packers are going, yeah, coming in pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's not going to be three in a row. Let's put it that way. It's not going to be far than Rodgers and Love, but I think Love will show himself to be competent enough to, to beat the Chicago off. Bears because I don't think the Bears are that good. I think the Bears might win four games this year. I think Eberflus is fired after this year. We can hope. I think they will take it at home coming out of the box. But I'm the only one. That's fine. I'm the only one. So there we go. Raiders at the Broncos. This one stuns me with the fact that we're split on the six picks we've got in so far. I know. That's, that's kind of surprising. Did you not see who the Broncos hired as head coach? Do you not know who the Raiders head coach still is? I think that's all we need to say. I think that's all we need to say. And Derek Carr is not there anymore. They actually downgraded They downgraded quarterback. a quarterback. I'm sorry, Josh McDaniels is not a head coach. And I'm sorry, this is a home game for Denver. Sean Payton's first game oh, as Broncos head coach. That team is going to be coached up big time. Yep. So you and I, of course, Broncos. Along with Aaron. The Big Blue W, Nick and Doug take the Las Vegas Raiders. A little bit of a surprise. Yep. All right. The game of the week, in my humble opinion. Yep. My Miami Dolphins going out to L.A. to play the Chargers. See, I remembered where they are now. <laughs> yeah, we've had how many years to finally get it right? And I'll still screw it up at yeah. some point. So, on the road, I cannot take the Dolphins at this point. I think you're crazy. I think so. you're absolutely crazy. Ugh, Two I like being the defense. Two is being coached up. The defense is better. There's I no just, reason the Dolphins can't win this game. No reason. None. Unless you have Tua your doubts. You Tua have your hurt. doubts about the Bears in the opening week. I have my doubts about the Dolphins in week one. The last several years, the Dolphins have not won an opening game. Well, I know that actually they did last year because they oh. were on that nice run. My apologies there. But you are but taking. I'm taking the Chargers at home. Well, Bill is with you. Nick is with you. And Aaron's with you. I've got Doug with me. <laughs> Bless you, sir. I still have confidence in this pick. Dolphins go into Los Angeles, beat the Chargers. Huge game Sunday night. Cowboys at the Giants. Somehow New York gets two home games this weekend. Go figure. Ah. As much as it pains me, I I thought a lot of what the Giants did in their first year under Brian Dayball was – you always get a push. You always get momentum from a new voice in the locker room, unless you're Chicago Bears. But you get a new coach, new voice. You get a little bit of that juice, a little bit of that push, and I think that's what the Giants got. Now, Daniel Jones cashed in. I don't believe Daniel Jones is a $40 million quarterback. He is not. He's a serviceable quarterback. And they, they did not upgrade the receiving core at all outside of Darren Waller, who's an who's injury an waiting injury to happen. risk at tight end. Saquon Barkley, if he stays healthy, yes, he's a he's viable a, factor. He's got to play to but get But Dallas paid. has got weapon, 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 yeah, weapon. they still have Dak Prescott, and their head coach is still Mike McCarthy. I think they've got enough talent to beat the Giants. They should have had enough talent last year, and they failed miserably. 
So that should tell you who Dave is taking along with Aaron. Yep, Aaron and I are taking the Giants. The rest of this illustrious panel is going with the Cowboys. And then finally, Monday night, 9-11, of course, will be a very somber moment in New York. Um, the Bills going in to play the Jets in a crucial Week 1 matchup already. Of course, I have already told you about my disdain for the ridiculous hype surrounding the New York Jets this year. I think it's unfounded. I think it's overblown, overrated. The Bills win this game. So thinks you, me, Bill, Nick, and Doug. Aaron is going with the J-E-T-S Jets. Well, he's taking them to the AFC Championship. Yep, so, obviously, so he's got to start strong for that one. Yep. I just, I don't see. I don't see the talent on this team. I don't see the coaching on this team that's going to get them anywhere near see, that may, level. Maybe Aaron is thinking, it's the 9-11 push. I don't think that's, no. As somber and as, as serious of a moment as that is going to be, I think we're far enough removed where I it's think the hype will over, overwhelm it. And the fans there will be just what Fireman Ed or whatever he is, the big Super Jets fan. They just want to get the game going. And then yeah. hopefully within three plays, Aaron Rodgers is done for the season. Yes. Somebody will fall on him and crush his collarbone. And we'll thankfully be ushered into the era of Zach Wilson again. Yeah. <laughs> and we can hear the Jets fans <laughs> whine and bitch and piss and moan. And we can all say, shut up, we told you so. All right, Dave was right. We're going to have some spillage. We're going to do a couple of our college picks, and then the rest of them will be in segment three. So you get used to spillage now that football is kicked into high gear. Yeah, it just takes a lot of time to give you accurate analysis, analysis and predictions. So NCAA Week 2, Friday night, September the 8th. The Illini go into Kansas to play the Jayhawks. Kansas across the board until you get to Aaron, who's going with the Illini. This was a tough game to pick. It was, and because again, both early, of them so are middling, eh, not so good teams. I, I look at it as Kansas seems to now be a kind of team that starts strong early and fades late, where the Illini do Start the opposite. slow and finish a little stronger. Yep. Moving on to Saturday, September the 9th. Number 14, Utah goes into play Baylor. We already talked about the massive upset that Baylor suffered at the hands of Texas State. Yep, Utah's a decent team. Yeah, I don't think they're quite as good as the number 14 ranking they've got based on their performance in week one, but they should have enough to beat Baylor. Everybody on the panel agrees. Yep, Utah across the board. We can get one more in before the break. Number 22, Mississippi goes into play. Number 24, Tulane. Mississippi across the board. Yeah, as good as Tulane was last year, <coughs> I, I think, think Mississippi's got, take... got a little too much depth. Yeah, I was going to say Mississippi with, with Lane Kiffin's got a little too much recruiting power behind them as opposed to what the Green Wave have. Yeah. So everybody on the panel who's got their votes in is going with Old Miss. Yep. All right. Stay tuned. Segment three, we will have spillage for the rest of our college picks. NASCAR. 
and the rest of the usual roundup. This episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0 is brought to you by the Bills Mafia Marital Aid Company. Because when you are down and out, we'll bring you back up and in the game. Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. All right, kids, we keep this train a-rolling here. Segment three, Sports Frenzy 2.0. It's that time of year. Chock full of anything and everything involving sports. Continuing our NCAA Week 2 football picks with the game that will decide the fate of two historically significant NCAA football teams. Number 23, Texas A&M, goes in to Miami to play the Hurricanes. There's a lot riding on this season for both these teams, both these coaches. Right now it's a four-point spread in favor of AM. I liked what I saw from the Hurricanes last week in the rain against Miami of Ohio. I know the Bobby Petrino hire. Everybody thinks this is going to be what puts Texas A&M back I up. I don't think it will be, but there's more pressure on Jimbo himself to come out with a statement game like this. And again, as the great Elton John sang, Island Girl or Island Maestro, the Maestro's back on the island yet again. He's the only one. Yes, I am picking from my heart. Usually this is a Mississippi trick. Yes. But I am picking despite, I didn't even look at the stats, didn't look at anything. (laughs) This game must be won by Miami. Mario Cristobal must win this game. Van Dyke must win this game for the future of the Hurricanes program. Miami beats AM. And the rest of us say no. It's AM. Oh boy. And I'll miss that game completely because we will be rocking and rolling. So yep. we will be with the Smashing Pumpkins this weekend edition. Little promo for you part three of autumn yes as we get ready for smashing pumpkins and rival sons now we continue this this is the battle of the gamblers kids (laughs) number 25 iowa goes to play at iowa state both programs hit with the gambling controversy Iowa State has lost more players as a result with suspensions. So Aaron is the only one going with Iowa State. Everybody else goes with Iowa. This will be a battle of offensive ineptitude. Yes, this this is a defensive battle for sure. Ah, there we go. Big time matchup in the ACC. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, it looks like Pittsburgh's got more firepower this year than Cincinnati. Doug goes with the Bearcats. Everybody else goes with the Panthers. All right, moving on. Number 11, Texas goes down to play number four, Alabama. Shocked that this is only a single digit point spread. 
But again, now <laughs> maybe people are saying Alabama's coming back to the pack. Potentially. I'll believe it when I see it. Until then, this is still Alabama across the board. You figure Sarkeesian will say he knows Saban's tricks, but Saban's Saban going to say the same thing. Saban will say, I taught him what he knows. Yep. UCF at Boise State. All I had to do was look <coughs> at the offensive numbers UCF put up last week. Yes, against Kent State, but still 700 yards of offense. And look how Boise State got rolled last week. By Washington. So that's all I needed to know. UCF for you, me, and Aaron. I don't know what the rest of them were looking at, but they take Boise State. Well, it's only three and a half points, Brad. Which kind of surprises me, but whatever. Yep. It'll, it should be interesting. Number 19, Wisconsin going out west to play Washington State. Island boy. <laughs> I am on Washington State Island. It's not I a bad pick. can't trust Wisconsin. I can't trust them late. I can trust them early. Like we were talking about with Illinois and Kansas, Wisconsin is a good early season team. So I will go with Wisconsin. As you mentioned, you're the only one. Not a bad pick going with Washington yeah, State. taking them at home. We'll see what happens. Final NCAA football pick, UCLA at San Diego State. This was an this is an intriguing matchup. Yeah, this one's got a big point spread. Uh, normally, I try to keep them under ten per rules. First week is difficult because of the extra games. Sunday night, Monday night. We had to, he had to pick the games for us before the final games were concluded. Based on feel, I had to do it based on feel. This was yeah. the one that didn't fall in the ten or under point spread rule, but. But we that's still got okay. some upset picks there. Yes. Aaron and I are taking San Diego State Even to almost, pull the upset. Almost two touchdown dogs. Everybody else takes UCLA, Chip Kelly's Bruins. So there you go, kids. We got to keep rolling, though. We got yep. still a ton of stuff to get through. Lots, lots 25 to do. minutes. So we move on to NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR. First playoff race at Darlington. I love how they finally started Ugh. to acknowledge on Sunday that it's the Southern so, 500. Finally. Even though all they kept saying the week leading up was it's the Crown Royal Darlington weekend. Yeah. Then they finally said, no, it's oh, the it's Cookout Southern. Southern 500. Yeah, thank, thank you. Christopher Bell got the pole. Kyle Larson wins, moving on automatically to yep. the second round of the playoffs. It was not that ex for a Darlington race. It was kind of lame. I mean, Darlington usually expect a little more bumping and banging and trading, and it just did not have that Darlington feel to it. The two big headlines I will take away from the race were number one: Kevin Harvick was running a fantastic race and got absolutely hosed when there was an incident on the track right when he was going into pit in the pits and he just missed the red light. He you know, literally that... he literally there's no way he could have pulled out without getting a penalty either way. Right. NASCAR has got 
to revise that piece. If somebody is right there committed for the pit stop, right as that happens, you have got to let them complete the pit stop. I'm sorry. It's a detriment for them to have to do a drive-through because it hoses them completely. Right. That's what's expected is if that red light comes on, you can go through at pit road speed without penalty. I think that's But as you crap. said, that's a detriment. That's a it's penalty crap. in and of itself. Yeah, it is absolutely Because crap. the other two guys up at the front, Kyle Larson and William Byron, were both able to narrowly avert heading down the pits. Yeah. So they were able to stay out front, then pit. Yeah, no, that it, it's completely screwed up. NASCAR's got to revisit that. And then, of course, dominating the first two stages was Denny Hamlin. But again, the pressure gets to Hamlin. I think I've got a loose wheel. I think I've got a loose wheel. I've got to come in. I've got to yeah, come in. Yeah, you got a loose wheel in your brain, dumbass. Well, Dave, this is how I look at it. He was worried about his contract extension, which he got. Why was he worried about an extension? He could I, drive just for himself. Speculating. Just speculating. Denny Hamlin does announce he has signed a multi-year extension with Joe Gibbs Racing. So now the pressure's off. Is it? I hope so. <laughs> Is it? I hope so. Based on who I picked this week. But before we get to that, one F1 headline, and I still don't understand how people watch Formula One because next to soccer, it has got to be the most boring spectator sport ever as Max Verstappen wins his F1 record 10th straight race. Yeah, it's... And yeah. I know people who are adamant about how awesome F1 is. It's how can not... you... How can you love a sport? It is the ultimate follow the leader race. You Each year, you have one team that is going to flat out dominate. Usually not quite to this extent, but Red Bull figured something out with the car that they are so damn much better than everybody else aerodynamically with the handling. It's it sucks. It's boring. It's lame. It is not the pinnacle of auto racing. Sorry, it's not. They spend the most money on each car. They're technologically there, but it is lame ass racing. You're better off with IMSA, IndyCar, NASCAR. The competition is better. All right, that leads us back to NASCAR with our picks for the playoff race number two coming up this Sunday, September the 10th, the Hollywood Casino 400 from Kansas Speedway. And as I mentioned, good that Denny Hamlin has got the pressure off of him now. He's at ease with where he's going to be racing for the next few years. So, as the leader, I had to put my pick in early, and I take Mr. Hamlin yep. for Kansas Speedway. And you had some follow-the-leader picks there as well. Well, Sam made a mistake, <clears throat> and it's, I can't do anything about it, but he did not wait for me to submit my pick. Ah, okay. And he already told everybody that he was taking Denny Hamlin before my pick was due. So, it might look like there was some impropriety, but... 
I already had Denny Hamlin penciled in. He did. He told me last week when we were done taping. Yep. Basically, I would have taken Kyle Larson if Denny Hamlin had won and vice versa. So I'm going vice versa. There you go. Bill and Nick also in the second tier here in our Frenzy Cup competition taking Hamlin as well. Yep. I am going with Lord Byron. And not a bad pick because the way he until ran somebody last... wins, this is why I was doing the the Larson Hamlin flip for this week. Yeah, is that once they win, I don't feel like there's that drive until the next round to push for a win. Right, you don't want to get in a wreck. You want to accumulate points. Yeah, so that's that why... worked out for me with Truex. <clears throat> well, you take Lord Byron, and then. Doug and Aaron are going opposite of my strategy. Yep, they're hoping for a back-to-back. So Doug and Aaron go Larson. Kyle Larson. That's fine. I will save Larson for later on. There you go. Mrs. C, of course, still has a couple hours left to get her pick in. But there you go. Check out the Facebook page here this weekend. Everything will be there. All eight picks will be there. And, of course, all of our football picks as well. All right, so let's move on to some miscellaneous sports news. Let's start off with, uh, let's do something positive before we get into the negative. Let's start off with my Clint Eastwood, badass of the week. And I'm going to go big numbers this week, not only here, but in the dumbasses of the week. Big numbers, Dave. Big numbers. I'm an accountant. Big, big numbers. numbers. Big numbers. My Clint Eastwood badasses of the week are the 92,003 people who attended a women's volleyball game in Nebraska at the football stadium, the largest attendance ever at a women's sporting event. Now, I know there was like a concert going on, and people will say that influenced the number. Yeah, but, but... still, come on. You actually were there to watch the game before the concert. That says a lot. Yeah, and the pictures are awesome because, of course, they were able to pack the stadium more full than they would for football because, obviously, volleyball court, smaller. You can put people on the field, whereas you couldn't do that for a football game. Right. So, again, congratulations. You're badasses. Good for you. It might seem like we don't do it, but we do promote women's sports to an extent here on Sports Frenzy. That's right. All right, let's move on to the bad news when it comes to sports on television. Now, first off, longtime voice from ESPN, their insider, Chris Mortensen, is officially retired. You could tell. He needed to retire. You he could, needs to take care of himself. You could tell for the last few years he did not look well. No. It, it, it was painful to see him And they were already TV. phasing him out with with Adam Schefter and, uh, and Todd McShay yeah. taking over his roles, basically. So, But I, I remember Chris Mortensen fondly, so... In his prime, he was really, really good. Yep, so... He will be missed. He was he was one of the stalwarts back in the day when ESPN was actually good. Let's put yes. it that way. Yeah. 
when they focused on sports. Yes. So let's move on to ESPN. And now their focus on money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. Because if you haven't heard by now, there is an ongoing war between one of the bigger cable companies in the country, Charter, with 15 million subscribers, and ESPN. ESPN has basically been dark on Charter for the last five or six days. And of course, you know, we are approaching the NFL season. We have college football games who they missed. These charter subscribers missed last weekend. Yep. Mm. ESPN, I guess, wants $2 billion from charter per year based on their subscriber numbers. ESPN will not budge. Charter will not budge and says, no, you want too much. You're moving more of your content to ESPN+. Plus." Why should we pay that much when you're putting all the prime stuff on your plus that our people still won't have access and will have to pay extra for? So a lot of people say if this does not get resolved in the next week, then the model implodes. And then ESPN is going to push the nuclear button and they are going to start pulling ESPN from all cable companies when their contracts are done, and then we're going to get the standalone ESPN service. Your guess is as good as mine how much it's going to cost. It's going to be stupid money because they're greedy. They're owned by the rat. And then, of course, speaking of greed on sports and sports television, in and of itself, I don't care about this show. I never watched it. But news came out that Real Sports with Brian Gumble Is that still on? Coming to an end this year after 29 years on HBO. But my point for this is Brian Gumble's still Max alive. Max is crap. Max is crap. Max is crap. And now they're pulling even more content off. And we'll talk more about this on the weekend edition when it comes to entertainment and scripted series. But now now real sports is even coming off HBO. It's what all going to be reality what? television. It's on going that. to be a joke. Reality television sucks on the regular networks. People get Max to get movies, original content, not this bullshit reality stuff. Everyone is sick of this crap. Stop it. And it's not because of the strike. Don't blame the strike. This Don't is, blame the strike. This is Max. They started this with the whole Batgirl thing. Yeah, they pulled it. It was done. They invested $70 million in this movie, could have put it on HBO Max, chose to write it off and store it in a vault somewhere. This is how these people think. They're assholes. And again, we'll have more on this on the weekend edition. All right, let's move on to moments of silence. Uh, Brad what? Maxwell, NHL All-Star with the former Minnesota North Stars, helped them to the Cup Finals in 81, has passed away. Thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. Gil Brandt, Dallas Cowboys executive in the Hall of Fame, was the architect for the great Cowboys teams of the 70s and 80s, 
As he stepped down, he gave Jerry Jones a parting gift. A boot in the ass. That would be overseeing the selection of Troy Aikman. So thoughts and prayers. Gil Brandt was, he was a genius when it came to football. Um, And then finally, Tony Roberts. Long time. Radio voice for Notre Dame football, 26 years. Yep. Unfortunately, his voice is silenced. Thoughts and prayers to the Roberts family and the Notre Dame football community. But as always, Dave, what time is it? It's time to pivot. You want to play an abbreviated segment of Dumbass or Not? Yes, let's. I have four contestants for you. So we should be able to fit them in with no Easily. no worries, no stress. And I think you know one of them that's coming. We'll save him for last. I know that's a lock. That's a, a lock. lock. Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock. All right, let's start off with the South Carolina Gamecocks. You said cocks. <laughs> Gamecocks! They're roosters! Right? Not hens, roosters. Game- roosters, got cocks, yes. So they have to be male, so they're... Yes. They're not hens. Hens have vaginas. Right? Let's <laughs> let's carry on. So, of course, I picked the Gamecocks to win against North Carolina, and they lost in miserable fashion. But it gets even worse. Did you realize in that game that South Carolina allowed a touchdown despite having 13 men on the field? Don't! That's bad. That's beyond bad. Does that make them dumbasses? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you can't even cheat, right? Can you just imagine the flag decline? Decline. Thirteen men on the field. Decline. decline. Touchdown stands. <laughs> God, that's that's pathetic. All right, let us talk about Delta Airlines. Why are you bringing up Delta Airlines in Sports Frenzy 2.0 in the dumbasses of the week? Because Delta sucks. Well, this is the kind of corporate mentality we have in America and around the world nowadays. Nobody has the foresight, the brains, to actually do things the right way. So Delta thinks, let's go outside the box with our thinking. Their new strategic advisor at Delta Airlines, Tom Brady. No! (laughs) Don't! Because what does Tom Brady know about (laughs) airplanes? Jack squat. Unless he's sitting up front in... First class, he knows he's got more leg room and gets a flute of champagne. Oh, he's not drinking champagne. He's got like an avocado smoothie. Whatever. But yeah, Tom Brady is now the latest strategic advisor for Delta Airlines. Let me double down on Delta. Was just talking with somebody last night, talking about a group trip they took to Europe on Delta. The flight got overbooked, so they put everybody on a later flight. 
The first one was a direct connection to where the direct flight to where they were going. The next one had a layover. On the layover, they found only half of the group was booked to continue on. That's Delta for you. Dumbasses across the board. There we go. All right, I talked about numbers. I talked about how in my Clint Eastwood badass pick, I called out 92,000 plus. Well, now I'm calling out 11,000 dumbasses. 11,000! Why? 11,000 out of 30,000 runners in the August 27th Mexico City Marathon were disqualified. Why? Why were they disqualified? Because they were all caught cutting the course. <laughs> some of them taking private vehicles, some of them taking public transportation to cheat in the Mexico City Marathon. That is absolutely dumbassery at its finest. And they're not done yet. They're still looking at videotape to find out if they can find any more. Then a third of the field cheating in the Mexico City Marathon. The epitome of lazy. Come on, people. So I think I'm going to go four for four here. I'm pretty confident because, of course, I saved the worst, the best, the worst for last. Yeah. New York Jets cornerback DJ Reed. Who? Exactly who? Has the audacity. Again, we have talked for weeks and weeks about how the hype around the New York Jets is ridiculously overblown. They're drinking their own Kool-Aid. These comments defy belief. DJ Reed says that the, the 2023 New York Jets defense will be as good or better than the 1985 Chicago Bears defense. Or the Legion of Boom. The Legion of Boom also from compared, Seattle. compared themselves. But they weren't even, even close. You can't even compare the Legion, the Legion of, Boom. of Boom. Couldn't wear the 85 Bears jock straps. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the, the Ray Lewis Ravens defense. Yeah. Which was the better that, than the Legion of Boom. Yes. That, to me, was the second-best defense of all time. Yeah. Legion of Boom comes in third. Because they had Trent Dilfer at quarterback, and all they got were field goals. Yeah. And somehow they still won 12-10, to 9-6. That defense was the second-best. That second defense best. was the So I'm surprised best. DJ Reed didn't disparage the name of Ray Lewis in that spectacular Ravens defense. But he decided instead to bring the Legion of Boom and the legendary... 85 Chicago Bears defense. Here's my suggestion for DJ Reed. DJ Reed, keep the 85 Bears out your damn mouth. There you go. To quote my good friend Will Smith. So I think you are four for four. That that is in the running for dumbass statement of the year. Of all time. Of, of all time. All time. If he's going to compare the Jets' defense 
to the greatest defense of all time. It's an all-time Before they even played a down this season. And last time I checked last year, there was no indication last year. That they were going to be good. No, they can't turn the ball over. They can't convert turnovers to touchdowns like those great defenses could. Numerically, did they do a good job last year? Sure. Yeah. They were solid. But they weren't elite. No. They're not scary. They're not. And last time I checked, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play defense unless he's high on ayahuasca. And, of course, now I hear he's talking about UFO sightings. Oh, Lord. While being high on ayahuasca. I can't. New York fans, you don't understand what you're in for. This is going to be the most spectacular implosion of all time, based on the fact that you fed into the hype. You fueled the fire for this. Yep. You have no one to blame but you yourself. get what you deserve. Aaron Rodgers' decline is obvious. <clears throat> he is not being coached by Bill Parcells or even Rex Ryan. He's being coached by Robert Sala. Who can, who can only come up with stories about, we are going to climb Mount Everest and get to the top. The most generic, pathetic speeches of all time emulating from this man's mouth. He's not even Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, we're going to bite your kneecaps off. We're going to get have more down and we're going to bite him. your kneecaps on our way back up. People have more respect for Dan Campbell because at least he speaks from the heart. He's more creative. I swear to God, if the Bills choke this one Monday night... I am going to be so pissed. Oh my God, you kids will just have to wait for our reaction next Thursday morning. It will be an epic, colossal rant, the likes of which you have never heard. And Mrs. C will not be happy. Oh, no, 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 no. Check out the weekend edition. We've got tons of book reviews movie reviews we got to wrap up the current season of what we do in the shadows get ready for smashing pumpkins live tons of fun stuff on the weekend edition your saturday morning hangover cure he's your uncle dave he's your uncle kev we'll talk to you next week